Amen. Well, it'd be my joy if you would join me in Psalm 7 on this wonderful Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I know I'm grateful today to be the father of four wonderful, beautiful, fun kids and to have a wonderful wife who makes it such a blessing to be a father in our home. And what better way to celebrate our good Father in heaven that he gives good gifts of his one and only son to save us from our sins than through baptism. So what a wonderful day to celebrate baptism and what Christ has done for us through his, through a, through his, his death on the cross. This is what we read in Psalm chapter 7. O Lord, my God, in you do I take refuge and save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. Lest like a lion they tear my soul apart, rending it in pieces with none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is wrong in my hands, if I've repaid my friend with evil or plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it. And let him trample my life to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. Selah. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my enemies. Awake for me. You have appointed a judgment. Let the assembly of the peoples be gathered about you. Over it return on high. The Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to the integrity that is in me. Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end, and may you establish the righteous, you who test the minds and hearts, O oh, righteous God. My shield is with God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. If a man does not repent, God will wet his sword. He has bent and readied his bow. He has prepared for him his deadly weapons, making his arrows fiery shafts. Behold, the wicked man conceives evil and is pregnant with mischief and gives birth to lies. He makes a pit, digging it out, and falls into the hole that he has made. His mischief returns upon his own head, and on his own skull his violence descends. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, oh, Father, the, the good, good Father that you are, that you, the, the good, good Father that loves to give good gifts to your children, Lord, today, would you do just that? Lord, would you give good gifts to your children by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you show us your perfect, spotless, blameless Son and all that he has done for us? Lord, would you help us see by faith that we can be righteous, that we can be blameless, that we can be perfect before you, not because of anything that we've done, but because of Jesus. And so, Lord, you who search hearts and minds, the word says, who test hearts and minds. Lord, would you search us and know our ways? Would you expose all that's going on in us? 
that it might drive us to repentance, that it might drive us to Jesus. Lord, you do this for your glory and our joy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Rebecca and I love to watch magazine shows. What I mean by magazine shows is like the the news type shows that tell true stories, 48-hour mystery, 2020, Dateline. Any other fans out there like the true stories? We love watching something that's true, some documentary, something especially if it's true crime. But one of the hardest things to watch is when you're watching one of these shows and all the evidence is lining out and you're seeing everything and someone is being falsely accused. When it's pretty clear that they're falsely admitting to something that they haven't done or they're on trial for something they're innocent for. I don't know about you, but I'm amazed in this moment. And I'm like, why are they not raising their voices in the courtroom? Like, why are they not throwing up their hands? How are they not not yelling, I am innocent? Instead, they just sit in silence. What, What do you do when you're innocent of something And someone has falsely accused you of it. What do you do when you've been wronged by by someone that's close to you? When you've been wronged by someone maybe you've looked up to and they've turned their back on you? What do you do when someone slanders your good name and it's clearly not true? Where do you turn when a friend turns on you? When others have spoken lies about you. On the playground, we used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's a fun little ditty to say, but the only problem is it's not true, right? It's not true. Words really do matter. Words really do hurt. In fact, my guess is that you probably remember more words that have been spoken to you than things that have been done to you, right? Here are some of my favorite ways to respond when I'm in that moment of being wronged, when something's a a lie is spoken about me. Probably these are some of your favorites too. The first one is you want to get even. You want to say something back to that person Something to their face that's just as hateful, that is just as hurtful as they have said to you. Or maybe you don't go back to them at all. Instead, you just start gossiping about them to other people. Maybe you say something just to put them in a little worse light and put yourself in a little better light. Or maybe you don't take it anywhere. Maybe your plan is just to to dwell on these words, to let words consume you, to to let them eat at you and and fill you with self-pity. If that's you today, Psalm 7 tells us that David was in the exact same place as you. That there was a man named Cush from the tribe of Benjamin, the same tribe as King Saul. And Cush, it says, has been talking. We don't know the exact circumstance. 
Could have been talking to David. Could have been talking about David. Could have been raising up a rebellion against David. We don't know the exact circumstance. Some scholars think that it's another name for Shemi, who in 2 Samuel curses David, who throws rocks at David because he too was from the family of Saul. And, and as David's fleeing Jerusalem from Absalom, who is trying to overthrow his throne, who over, overthrow the throne, Shimei yells out at David, throwing rocks at him. And this is what he says. Get out. Get out, you man of blood. You worthless man. The Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, that the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, your evil is on you, for you are a man of blood. Maybe this is the moment that David sang this song. But if you look at the life of David, he could have sang this song a million times. Because David was constantly attacked. He was constantly slandered and by, by Goliath, poked at by the Philistines. He was pursued by King Saul. He was attacked and pursued by Absalom, his very own son. But, but really, if we zoom out throughout the Bible, if we zoom out in the Old Testament, the righteous are always being hated by the wicked. From the beginning, Cain killing Abel. Joseph's brother throwing him in the pit. Pharaoh ridiculing and pursuing Moses and the people of God. Daniel being thrown in the lion's den. We could go on and on and on all morning. But what I want us to see is that here in Psalm 7, King David, what does he do in that moment? He doesn't return evil for evil. He doesn't yell at them, I'm innocent. He doesn't turn to some other idol, to some other sin, to someone else to help him. He doesn't take up arms thinking he can overpower them. He doesn't turn to self-pity. He doesn't turn against them at all. No, he turns to the Lord. He turns to the Lord first. He cries out to the Lord, his God. He, he turns he turns to his righteous king who will take him from a desperate plea to a declaration of praise. I mean, let's just look at the bookends of this psalm because this is the journey David's about to go down. Psalm 7 verse 1. Oh Lord my God, in you do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. Lest like a lion they tear my soul apart, rending it in pieces with none to deliver. It's a desperate plea. But listen how the psalm ends. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord the Most High. How does that happen? How does that happen for David? How does it happen for people like you? It seems pretty unbelievable, doesn't it? I mean, just think of that moment right now where your heart 
was boiling. Your blood was boiling when you were frustrated because of words said to you, because of words said about you. How do you go from a desperate plea to a declaration of praise? How do you go from thinking the world is going to end to overflowing with thanksgiving and praise? There's only one way that happens. The only hope is to stand completely righteous before God. The only hope is to stand completely righteous before the righteous king. And David shows us exactly the way that that's done. First thing he he shows us is that we come to God and we plead your righteousness before the Lord. It's the first thing you do. Plead your righteousness before the Lord. After David pleads to the Lord to save him, to deliver him, because like a lion, they're going to tear him apart, those who are pursuing him. It says now that he becomes his own defense attorney. He comes before the judge of all peoples, and he wants to present to the king evidence of his innocence. He testifies to his own integrity before God. Notice he doesn't ask God to overlook anything that's wrong. Don't overlook any unrighteousness. Instead, he's saying, you're the righteous king. Do what's right because I'm righteous. Look at verse 3. He says, oh Lord my God, if I have done this, If there's wrong in my hands, if I've repaid my friend with evil or plundered plundered my enemy without cause, I'm guessing these are some of the false claims against him. This is what David says to do. He says, if I'm guilty, let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it. And let him trample my life to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. Selah. Anytime you see that word in the Psalms, it's like a purposeful pause. It's like he's saying, say law here, let's just stop and examine the evidence, Lord. Just look at my righteousness, look at my integrity, and if I'm guilty, Lord, let them pursue me. He's saying, Lord, you are a righteous king. You always do what's right, and Lord, I'm innocent of this. Lord, if I'm I'm guilty, if I did this, then Lord, let your judgment fall on me. But Lord, I didn't do it. I'm, I'm innocent. I'm righteous. Lord, let your judgment fall on them. A couple thoughts when I was reading this that comes with pleading your righteousness or trying to prove your innocence to the Lord. Brothers and sisters, Bring your pleas to the Lord first. Before you try to run to anyone else for help, before you run to anything else for help, sin, idols, run to the Lord first to plead your case. Notice David in verse 1 says, Oh Lord, my God, immediately, oh Lord, my God, in you do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. Verse 4, he says, Arise, O Lord. O Lord, in your anger, arise, awake for me. 
you know, that's not what I normally do. I don't know about you all, but when I'm wronged, when someone speaks poorly about me, when someone says something hateful to me or something falsely to others about me, I want to make it right. Anybody else been there before? I I want to protect my reputation. I'm going to be the one that sets them straight. I want to put them in their place. I want people to think well of me, so I want to handle it. Fathers, men, we're we're all bad at this, aren't we? Doesn't matter if it's a courtroom or in front of our coworkers or in front of our children, we would rather be right than humble. All too often, sadly, we would rather be right than humble and to fall down before the Lord. But what if instead of, of trying to fix it yourself, we would first fall on our face before the Lord. Instead of trying to protect our own reputation, what if, like David, we let the Lord be our protector? Instead of thinking we can be our own defense attorney, what if we let the Lord come to our defense? Instead of making it right, let's cry out to our righteous king. Instead of running to sin or to idols, let's run to the Lord to be our refuge. Maybe the fact that we don't run to the Lord first just shows that we we don't feel like the Lord can make it right. We don't believe, we don't walk by faith and believe in our heart that the Lord can be a refuge, so we run somewhere else. No, God's word says, just like David, cry out, oh, Lord, my God, in you do I take refuge. Oh, Lord, my God, oh, Lord, arise in your anger. Another thing, though, when you're bringing your plea to the Lord, make sure you really are righteous. Like, make sure you are innocent of the charges against you. Paul Tripp says that we're all our best defense attorneys. So every single one of us might read a psalm like this and like, good, I got some ammo. Next time somebody tries to say something about me, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to have my way. I got scripture to back me up that I am always right. We're always quick to defend ourselves before God and before others. We're always trying to put ourselves in the best light. But what if the charges are really true? Like, what if you are really being prideful? What if you are being hateful? What if you are being impatient or or selfish or or deceitful? What, What if the charges really are true? Do you have people in your life that'll tell you what you need to hear? not what you want to hear? Do you have people in your life that'll tell you when you're wrong, that'll speak truth to you, call you to repent, and that you'll listen to? I'm thankful I have fellow pastors at this church that'll do this. I'm thankful I have a gospel group every Monday morning that will gladly do this for me. I'm thankful to have a wife 
that doesn't always tell me that I'm right, but stands with truth rather than trying to stand always on my side and say I'm right. Brothers and sisters, let's be quick to run to him. Let's be quick to run to our one and only refuge. Let's be quick to plead with him first. Let's cry out just like we sang a minute ago. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer, strong defender of my weary heart. And let's be quick to repent when we are wrong. Quick to repent when we need to make things right. So first, plead your righteousness before the Lord. Second, trust the Lord to always be righteous. Trust the Lord to always be righteous. This is just literally on repeat from verse 6 to verse 11. After claiming innocence before God, David now cries out to the Lord to be who he is, the righteous king. And to do what he says he will always do, to act righteously And if we were to peer in David's hearts, there are zero doubts that the Lord won't be who he is. David cries out in complete confidence because he knows God can't do anything but be who he is. God always acts out of his character. And since he is holy, 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 he will always act in perfect holiness. Because he is the righteous God, he will do what is right, and he cannot. It's impossible. He doesn't know how to do what is wrong. Because he is good, he will always be good. Because he is perfect, he is perfect in all his ways. That's why David, in complete confidence in verse 9, says, Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end. And may you establish the righteous, you who test the minds and hearts, O righteous God. That's who you are. That's what you do. You establish the righteous and you cause the wicked to come to an end. You always do right. You don't know how to do wrong. We heard the same confidence from David in Psalm 145 that Pastor Brian read earlier. Let this stir up your confidence today. In verse 17, he says this, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Listen, brothers and sisters, there is no other person in your life that you can count on like this. No other person that you can have complete confidence in like you can the Lord. No one. Don't get me wrong. Everybody else in your life also acts according to their character. They're true to their character. The problem is that everybody else's character is inconsistent. Like while the Lord is perfect in all 
his ways. While he is perfect in all his ways, sinners are inconsistent in all their ways. Your, your boss will let you down. Your father will disappoint. Your friends, your family, they are inconsistent in all their ways, but the Lord is perfect. He is holy, holy, holy. Just as we sang earlier, you and me were sinners. God is blameless, perfectly righteous. So let that fill your heart right now with confidence. Oh, righteous God. Did you hear David say that? The Lord is the righteous king who always does what is right. Who every second of your life for all eternity does what is right. So why, why would we run to anyone else? I mean, David says in verse 10, My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. A shield in that day was not the, the little He-Man shield, the little small paper plate-sized shield where you're actually doing all the work. No, the shield there was like Psalm 3.3 says, a shield about you. God protects you completely. He, he covers you completely. Listen, no, no one else or nothing else in your life can be a shield around you. Nothing else can cover you. Job security, you ever hear that? Job security? No matter the job, job security is an illusion. Security only comes from the Lord. Savings accounts can't save you. There is no amount of money that you have that can be your salvation. I don't care if you're Jeff Bezos or what his name is. No amount of money can be your salvation, can save you. Other people cannot protect you. Ultimately, your help only comes from the Lord. I lift my eyes up to the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Or listen to what's going on in David's heart as he hides in a cave, as he runs from Absalom, as he runs from Saul. This is what it says in Psalm 18. And I pray that you meditate on these words, that this could be your heart. It says this, I love you, O Lord, my strength. And listen to the Listen to the titles that he piles upon God, and they're not too heavy for our Lord because this is who he is. I love you, O oh Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Brothers and sisters, if you do not feel safe here, you will not feel safe anywhere. And I'm not talking about in this room. I'm talking about in the Lord. If you don't feel safe in the Lord, then there is no safety for you. 
why would we turn anyone to where, any place else? And, and for that matter, why would we try to take matters in our own hands? Like again, those true crime shows. I don't know if you, you're watching those ever, and they get to the courtroom, and they zoom over to the guy who's on trial, and every time that it zooms over, and they show the guy being accused representing himself. You know what I'm talking about? The guy's got like a legal pad and like a, a marker, like a, like a Sharpie or something, drawing on it and drawing pictures and a calculator. It's like, I don't know what you need a calculator for, but the guy's sitting there acting like he's going to defend himself. And every time I'm like, this is not going to end well. It's just not going to end well. <laughs> but the same is true for you. You, you cannot and you should not try to defend yourself. This is not going to end well if you try to come to your own defense. No, the Lord wants to be your defender. So don't waive your right and try to defend yourself. He happily wants to come to the defense of his people. Because he loves you, he wants to be enough for you. He wants to cover you in his righteousness. Finally, David teaches us to rest in the Lord to make it right. Rest in the Lord to make it right. Not only will the righteous king do what is right, but he'll make things right with the wicked. With whoever's wronged you, the Lord will make it right. Those who have falsely accused you, who have slandered you, who have lied about you, who have said things behind your back, who have attacked you, the Lord will make things right in the end. The judge will always bring justice for his people. I love what Zach Brandt said a couple weeks ago in his sermon. The Lord cares so much about the wrong done to you that he wants to take care of it himself. We see this in the most graphic terms, maybe in the whole Psalter, in verses 12 through 16, look at verses 12 through 13, how clear this is. It says, if a man does not repent, God will wet his sword. He has bent and readied his bow. He has prepared for him his deadly weapons, making his arrows fiery shafts. It's incredible. It says this, that the Lord is ready right now to make things right. David paints this vivid picture of the Lord sharpening his sword, preparing himself for judgment. That The psalm pictures him pulling back the bow of his wrath, aiming his righteous wrath towards the wicked, towards all who have sinned, and so it's abundantly clear, if you do not repent, I want you to hear this very clearly. If you do not repent, the righteous arrow of God is aimed at you. God's wrath is reserved for you. 
Look at verses 14 through 16. It says, Behold, the wicked man conceives evil and is pregnant with mischief and gives birth to lies. He makes a pit, digging it out, and falls into the hole that he has made. His mischief returns upon his own head, and on his own skull his violence descends. David shows us that the wicked bring this judgment upon themselves. They, they're busy making plans. They, they're like wily e. Coyote trying to chase the roadrunner, making plans, digging a ditch, making a pit, setting up a trap for David. But David says they're going to be the ones who fall in it. They'll be the ones who will fall in it. The destruction will fall on them. Listen, if you're walking in unrepentance today, if you're unrepenting of your sin, if the Bible says here, if you're walking in wickedness, that's what the Bible says, you're setting your own trap for your own destruction. If you're not righteous, you will face the wrath of God. If not here, forever in hell. And the Bible says it'll be your own destruction, your own fault, the, your own path that you have taken. It'll be because of your wicked ways, because God's not an unjust judge. He's not an unrighteous king who will simply overlook your sin, who will put your sin under the rug. No, you will get what you deserve. And your sin is a rebellion against a righteous king that deserves hell, that deserves his wrath. So here's all you have to do. Here's what you have to do. You just must be righteous. Isn't that right? You must be blameless. You must be perfect. That's all you have to do. No big deal, right? Just never sin, always be righteous, no worries. Let's pray. I won't do that to you. Because hopefully you feel the tension that this passage has created. Because every one of us in here are great sinners. Every one of us, the Bible says, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In fact, Romans 3 says that there is no one who is righteous. No, not one. So if this is our only hope, if our only hope this morning is to make ourselves righteous, to try to be righteous, to try to be perfect, to try to be blameless, then all of us should fall on our face. All of us should be left trembling before God. But that's not our only hope. Our only hope, brothers and sisters, is in the gospel. Our only hope is Jesus. For Jesus alone is perfectly righteous. Jesus alone is completely blameless. Jesus alone is someone who can say in verse 8, judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness. 
and according to the integrity that is in me and can say it without trembling. Because Jesus lived the perfectly righteous life that you could never live. And before Jesus became a judge on the throne, he first became a savior on the cross. That's good news this morning. Before Jesus became a judge that we would have to stand before on the throne, he first became a suffering Savior on the cross. See, this is what happened, brothers and sisters, at the cross. This is our hope. The sword of God's wrath that was deserved by you. The bow of God's wrath that was directed at you was diverted from you. And fell on Jesus at the cross. Jesus took the righteous wrath of God that you deserved. So that you could receive the forgiveness that you didn't deserve. And to be covered in his perfect righteousness. That's why the most important word in this whole psalm is the word if in verse 12. It says, if a man does not repent, God has wet his sword. God has bent his bow. God's wrath will be coming for you. But brothers and sisters, if you do repent, if today you do run from your sins and run to Jesus, you will be made righteous. You will receive righteousness as a gift. Yes, you'll be forgiven of all your sins, but you will be clothed in the perfect righteousness of Christ. And this is the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus that strips us of all self-confidence in ourselves. All hope in our self-righteousness and instead gives us complete confidence in the righteousness of Christ. Where we see how foolish it is to try to come to our own defense and we let Christ be our great defender through his life, death, and resurrection. Because the Bible says he was raised for our justification. He bore your wrath on a tree so that you might die to sin and live to righteousness. I love what Martin Luther says when he thinks about his own sin. When he's been slandered by others about his past, this is what he says. So when the devil throws your sins in your face, and declares that you deserve death and hell, tell him this, I admit that I deserve heaven and hell. What of it? For I know one who suffered and made satisfaction on my behalf. His name is Jesus Christ, Son of God, and where he is, there I also shall be. That's what we're going to sing in a minute. When he shall come in trumpet sound, Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand.
before the throne. As one pastor said, when people bring up your past, tell them that Jesus dropped all the charges. You're forgiven. If you're in Christ today, if you have run to a refuge that's Christ and Christ alone, all of your sin, past, present, future, forgiven forever. And while that's good news, that's not all the good news. Because you're also clothed in the perfect righteousness of Christ. So that you too, like David, can go from the desperate plea of needing a rescue, needing a refuge, to saying this with David in your song. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to His righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. Brothers and sisters, we can be filled with complete confidence today. We can be stripped of all confidence in our self-righteousness today. And we can cast all our hope in Christ today. And be filled with thanksgiving and praise, not because of my righteousness, but because of his righteousness. Let's pray together. Lord, we pr- I pray, Lord, that you would do the Holy Spirit work of stripping us of all self-confidence, of stripping us of any sense that we are self-righteous, that we can bring our good works, our enoughness before you. But Lord, strip us of that so that we might run to Jesus. Lord, help us repent of our sin, but also repent of our self-righteousness and cast ourselves on the finished work of our Savior who lived the perfect life we could never live, who went to a cross and died the death that we deserve, bearing the wrath of God that was aimed at us, and who rose again on the third day to be raised for our justification so that, Lord, in Christ, we are not guilty. We are free. We are spotless, perfect, perfect, blameless forever before you, not because of ourselves, but because of Jesus. Lord, would you do that in all our hearts for your great glory that we might know your greatness and for our great joy. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.